0: your daily dose of sports and fun this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction
1: jamie's out this morning he'll be back tomorrow morning madisonson is in for him so is uh jeff McGuire's here as usual steady eddies that uh he and i are our best uh, ability is our availability right jeff Sometimes our only ability is our availability. Sometimes our only ability is our availability, yes. Uh, this, last night, Matt, was the first time that I thought, this is from the Yates-Worring Center chat line, okay, that's what all the AMAC hubbub is about. He was really good last night.
2: Very, very good. Very much needed. So that's back-to-back double-doubles for him.
1: Yeah. Um, and what a disturbing story out of uh, out of Alabama. You know, they've got just a, they've got a special season going on, but man alive, the stuff behind the scenes is not looking very good. Uh, last night, uh, word came out that uh, their freshman star, Brandon Miller, brought a teammate, the handgun that was used to kill a woman. This according to police in Tuscaloosa. Uh, the detective, Brandon Culpepper, testifying yesterday that Miller brought Darius Miles' gun to him on the night of the fatal shooting of a 23-year-old woman after Miles had texted him and asked him to do so. Uh, Culpepper's testimony came during a preliminary hearing for Miles and Michael Lynn Davis, who face capital murder charges. Here's the thing that's odd about this, or somewhat shocking about this, is while Miller has not been charged with a crime— uh, Crimson Tide coach Nate Oates said uh, that the program had been aware of Miller's alleged link to the case. And um, the district attorney for the in Tuscaloosa told news reporters that there's nothing that they could charge Miller with. But they had not really disclosed that. Uh, Oates said yesterday that the program had been fully cooperating with law enforcement the entire time that the whole situation is sad. We knew about that. Can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. Brandon hasn't been in any trouble, nor is any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Um, he was asked to clarify what he termed as unfortunate remarks after receiving criticism, and he, he acknowledged that some of his comments came across poorly. So, uh, man, that's... Uh, that's crazy that, uh, and of course, you know, here's a guy that was asked to do something by a teammate, probably doesn't have any
2: idea what's going on, but still, it's scary when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that the tough situation all around for Alabama and the, the entire basketball squad and, and the, the the lady involved. Uh, so, that's uh,
1: the reason that the gun was provided to Michael Davis was for protection, according to a uh, defense attorney. So... <laughs>
2: Man,
1: it's uh, it's crazy uh, when you when you think about that uh, and what transpired there uh, with uh, that Alabama basketball program. Um, somebody says this off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Um, I'd be scared to play Tech if we make it in. I think I would agree with that, especially with the way you're playing right now. Um, you know, especially you know in those that first round game. Um, but you got to get in and, you know, you can't afford, can't afford a loss to TCU and Oklahoma state. I don't think you can afford a loss to either one. Um, just given the fact that you're five and 10, um, if you were to beat, uh, TCU and Kansas, you'd feel awfully, you'd feel great about your opportunity going into Oklahoma state a week from Saturday. That game will be here. um, and then going on into the Big 12 tournament. Uh, somebody asked this, how much longer is Bacho out, and does it even matter? I don't know, and I, and I don't know. Yep. Kind of feels like right now, uh, don't mess with the recipe. It feels like, uh, looks like it's it's going pretty well for you right now. So um, I don't know how much of an impact that he could make it, at this point in time,
2: uh, or if it just kind of messes things up. It- right yeah you you have the right ingredients right now for how you've been doing things that being said like i said if if he comes back and he's able to provide some assistance you know here and there when when you know maybe o'banner or uh you know you need help out there i I don't i'm not going to say don't he's not welcome back because i think that's what they were kind of implying and maybe not but it, it, you know, it da- does matter. You want your team to be full strength.
1: 636 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, the 840 Center chat line, go to double T973.com for that Of the mobile app. Benchmark hotline is open as well. Uh, Lady Raiders will take on West Virginia tonight. Uh, it was not a good outing uh, the last time that you faced them in, uh, in Morgantown. That was uh, back on uh, January the 21st, so a- about a month ago. Uh, Tech that night shot 3 of 22 from beyond the arc. West Virginia was 8 of 29. But West Virginia from the free throw line got there often. They were there 29 times. They hit 23. Lady Raiders 6 of 10. And you lost the game by 10 points. So a couple of people to look out for. um, Jayla Hemingway, she had 18 points. J.J. Quinterly had total of 16 and 17 from Madison Smith. So their three stars uh, that make up uh, the bulk of their points had 33 of their 67 Uh, for Texas Tech. uh, Jasmine Shavers had eight. Would love to see her in the lineup tonight. She uh, missed the game against Oklahoma State on Saturday and was limited in the game before that. Um, uh, Bree Scott had uh, 18 but she was 7 of 19 from the field. That wasn't too bad, but um, for the Lady Raiders, too many turnovers uh, and uh, just did not make enough shots because uh, when, you, when you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, you out-rebounded them. Um, you made more field goals than they did. Um, you uh, tied them up on points off turnovers. You pounded the paint 42 to 14, but too many fouls were called. Uh, double the number of fouls almost, 26 to 14. And uh, West Virginia got to the free throw line a ton. Had a lead at one point in time in this game uh, in the uh, in the fourth quarter, I, I believe if I'm, if I'm correct on this. And um, West Virginia just went on a run there in the fourth quarter from the free throw line. They went 12 of 13 uh, from the free throw line in that game. So it was the uh, disappointing... Um, finish uh, of that game for Tech as they went 0-5 from the field uh, to finish the ball game. So we'll have it for you tonight at 6.30, 7 o'clock, play-by-play on 107.7 Yes FM, and then we'll have it on uh, 100.7, the score at 7 with the tip after the high school fan zone. Uh, Tonight we'll have coaches from Lubbock High, Friendship, and Lubbock Cooper uh, come into the high school fan zone to uh, talk about their seasons and their sports, kind of all changes depending on who's in still with basketball and who's now moved on to uh, baseball and softball in terms of those uh, those discussions. So that'll be tonight. For the Lady Raiders, I think tonight uh, is one that you need to win um, I, I, in, in an obvious case. But I think more than anything else, you're at this point in time uh, playing for some postseason play. Uh, I'll be at the WNIT, but I think even that still shows you some uh, some progress. Tech enters 16-11, 4-10. West Virginia is sixteen and nine and seven and seven. They have a lot to play for. Uh, Tech coming off of a triple overtime loss to Oklahoma State on Saturday, ninety-two to eighty, and they had lost in uh, Norman the Wednesday before that. So, uh, which I thought was you know the rock bottom of the season in terms of just kind of how you played and and what uh, what took place and uh, and all those types of things. So, hopefully, we'll have
2: a good crowd tonight. Uh, and uh, a good effort tonight from the women. Yeah, and the last game, it, there's no moral victories in this conference, and everybody knows that, but when you lose by 10 and you had five more turnovers and you shot – 3 of 22, 13.6%. That's a winnable game. So tonight is a winnable game for the Lady Raiders.
1: Yep, 6.40 this morning here on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for
0: being with us today. The Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh,
3: 1933. Malcolm Campbell sits the world land speed record of 272.46 miles per hour driving his famous Bluebird car at Daytona Beach, Florida. Mm. And Matt, this is just approximately one, uh, what was it? It was 28 miles an hour sl- uh, slower than what Chuck Chuck's Pinewood Derby car went.
1: Right. Okay.
3: 1957, Walter O'Malley says the Dodgers may play 10 exhibition games in California in 1958. 1962, Philadelphia center Wilt Chamberlain sets an NBA record with 34 free throw attempts. He only made 19 of them in the Warriors' 139-121 win over the St. Louis Hawks at the Philadelphia Civic Center.
1: Hard for big men to shoot, right?
3: Eh, I think that's a myth Okay. 1967 Slingshot goal uh, po- uh, Post a six foot wa- uh, Hang on The slingshot goal And a six inch wide border Around the field Become standard in the NFL So the dual uprights Okay With the one leg I got gotcha. you For the slingshot I got gotcha. you And then the six inch wide border Around the field becomes standard in the NFL today Okay and on this day in 1980. 37
2: seconds left in the game. Petrov with it. The Americans on top four to three. Long shot. Craig able to get a piece of it to sweep it away. 28 seconds. The crowd going insane. Carloman shooting it into the American end again. Morrow is back there. Now Johnson, 19 seconds. Johnson over to Ramsey. The Legion off gets checked by Ramsey. The Clanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now.
3: Morrow,
1: up to soap. Five seconds left in the
3: game. It's you over. believe in
1: miracles? Yes! Unbelievable.
3: That, of course, is the miracle on ice in the 1980 Olympics with the U.S. beating the Soviet Union for the right-to-go play for the gold medal. And in 2015, the 57th Daytona 500 took place. Joey Logano uh, wins the event for the second time after taking the lead with 10 laps to go ahead of Kevin Harvick before a caution flag on the last lap ends the race in his favor. And in 2019, Robert Kraft, owner of the NFL team, the New England Patriots, is charged with solicitation of prostitution as part of the human trafficking sting operation in Jupiter, Florida. It is National Margarita Day and also National Cook a Sweet Potato Day.
2: Not a fan of either of those. Me neither.
3: Happy birthday, former Red Raider running back, DeAndre Washington. Also, Sam McGuavin, both of them from the same team, both of them, all Big 12, one of them, Big 12 player, one of them, honorable mention, 30 today. And Brian Duncan is 35 today. Drew Barrymore, 48. Dr. J, 73. James Blunt, 49. Rajon Rondo, 37. Jerry Ryan, 55. And James Hung is 94. And on this day in 1942, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt orders General Douglas MacArthur out of the Philippines as the Americans' defense of the islands collapses. The message was received on February 20th ordering MacArthur to leave immediately for uh, uh, Australia, where he would, quote, assume a command of all United States troops. MacArthur at first balked at the order. He then fully prepared to fight... He was fully prepared to fight alongside his men to the death if necessary. He finally obeyed the president's order in March. And that is this day in sports history. All
1: right, uh, 649 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Al Michaels on that call in 1980. He had done... Jeff, Matt, a grand total of one hockey game in his career. Um, And that was eight years before. And uh, ABC at that particular point in time had guys like Keith Jackson, Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell. um, And uh, it was uh, Michaels who uh, got the call to do that. And then that was not for the gold, as we've talked about many times on this show. Two days later, michaels would broadcast the gold in which the u.s defeated finland uh for the gold medal in the 1980 olympics all right uh thoughts comments yates flooring center chat line go to double t973.com for that or the mobile app Hmm. uh 650 this morning here on the morning drive uh Somebody says this that that is the uh, longest that they've ever listened to us in their life. Well, thanks for listening.
3: Pretty impressive. Four minute streak by them.
1: Right. Pretty impressive four minute streak <laughs> since we're since we're here three hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. So appreciate the contribution to uh to hey, the thanks morning for tuning in. Today.
3: Right. Thanks for tuning in. Right. And, you know, hope you can make five minutes one day.
1: All those all those things. Hopefully we'll we'll figure out a way to see if we can uh Do a tap or a song or a dance or two, see if we can um, keep you entertained um, a little bit. I did learn, I was a little chippy yesterday, Matt. I did learn yesterday that the cough button is on the right side and not on the left side. Okay? Even though there's one, I just thought that's where it was because I'm left-handed. And so I went to the left instead of to the right. But we did learn that yesterday. That's one thing that we did learn yesterday from our fine radio program is that we do have a cough button and it is on the right side. And apparently it does work. Okay. So my apologies yesterday for coughing, even though I was hitting the cough button, thinking that stupidly it was made convenient for me because I'm left-handed. But somebody says, are you still sour today? No, I'm not. I'm not sour today. I'm, uh, I'm much, much better,
2: much better frame of mind. And to clear it up, Chuck wasn't sour at all yesterday. He was battling. There is a big difference, folks. Battling, and he was here. Battled. So,
1: I did, uh, I did something yesterday. I'm not, I don't know that I've ever done this in, in 40 years of working. I actually went to the doctor during the day because I wasn't feeling good. I mean, I've been to doctor's appointments during the day before many times for different things, but I finally surrendered surrendered yesterday and they're like what is your problem sir and i'm like well i just don't feel good i'm coughing and running nose blah 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 so they shot shot a steroid boom some prescription cough syrup boom and uh new man today the 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 steroid
2: shot is a is a miracle drug the cough is gone i've I've never had one of the steroid shots i know y'all were talking earlier about them but they seem to work miracles well so. they do
1: i mean i used to have them in my knees all the time well not all the time but several times and i'd feel like a new man mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i got one in the butt last night yesterday afternoon and uh and almost immediately feeling feeling really good good to go good to go good to go, go. 653 this morning that's probably more than you wanted to know but i knew that uh i knew that matt and jeff would really want to know that i uh, will have uh High School Fan Zone tonight at 6, Lady Raider Basketball tonight at 6.30. Uh, Tip tonight at 7, and they take on the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, This from the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Risa. Left my phone at home, so I will listen until 8 when I have a meeting. Okay, thank you, Risa. Uh, uh, Chucks, a battle axe with legs, a sheep among goats a sheep among goats. So I guess that means uh, the I'm amongst uh, the greatest of all time and I'm just a sheep that follows. Is that what that means? Jeff? Jeff, thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't I think that's that a
2: compliment. I was trying to decide if that was a compliment or that was a low-low. Yeah,
1: usually, usually, these, usually these comments are not compliments.
3: I mean, like, the wolf among sheep, that would make sense to me uh but the sheep among goats yeah is that a line from uh men who stare at goats from the movie
1: i maybe i don't know it
3: feels like that's where that comes from that that could be
1: wrong sheep uh, among goats i i don't know yet raider's dad wants to know if i got the jesus shot i don't know if i did that would be the steroid shot yes well, I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't really feel like it didn't really, it wasn't like it didn't hurt or anything.
3: Well, Jesus shouldn't hurt you. Okay. Right. I mean, as a general rule, that wasn't what his gig was. Right. You know, he's here to save
1: you. Uh, sarcasm. That's the comeback story of the year. I don't
3: know. That was, you were pretty down and you were pretty down at the end of the show yesterday.
1: Yeah, I was. So uh, it's not feeling good. So it is the comeback of the year. It's a comeback story. It is a comeback. So Chuck, this show archives is going to have an asterisk next to it because you're on PEDs. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yes. Uh, just before seven. I'm left-handed as well. We're a left-handed person in a right-handed world. We're a left-handed person in a right-handed world. Matt, welcome to the family of craziness. Yes.
0: Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
1: Thanks for being with us with Matt and Jeff. I'm Chuck. Uh, Bullfighter says this off the Yates Flooring Center chat line, not on the bandwagon. It's baseball season. Uh, outside shooting has improved with stronger presence inside. Okay. The moment I'll remember from last night is when Pop made Harmon pull his head up after he missed free throws. Good leadership. Okay. Uh, this never left the bandwagon. This team is very good. They can be a wonderful Cinderella story. The conference record is tough, but losing by three... By two, no shame in the Big 12. The problem is you just have too many of those losses. Healthy players will be huge down the stretch. I agree with that. And here's, here's why I think that the West Virginia game in the Big 12, if you end up playing them, is important. It's especially important if they go 3-0 and as well because they play at KU on Saturday, at Iowa State on Monday, and home against K-State on uh, Saturday, August the 4th. So they have three ranked teams left for them and two of those are on the road what if they go three and zero? I just don't know that you're going to get nine teams in the big 12 um in into the into the tournament kind of given where the number eight team and the number nine team currently are that's that's kind of my point
2: yeah West, West Virginia's got a a tough tough road ahead with their their next three sure teams as well sure so. I mean
1: I mean you know look at look at Tech I mean if you you dug this big, huge hole for yourself that you're trying to climb out of. But, um, and, and certainly Oklahoma State still has some work left to do. They have uh, K-State, then Baylor, and then Texas Tech here in Lubbock. Um, but with a 7-8 and eight record, you know, they can't afford to lose out, but they don't have to win out. Okay? And, and I think for either... Let's just say West Virginia. Let's just say West Virginia won out, okay, and Tech won two of three. And then you then you're going to be slicing up and dicing the the schedule with who they beat and who you beat and didn't beat and all that kind of stuff. So, and then you have the bid stealers and all those things that uh, that could be um, could be a problem. Um, somebody says this. I think being uh, I think Amac being your leading score is huge. Yeah, he was big last night. I mean he just has a presence and you just wish that and I'm sure they do too over there at basketball that you'd had him start a
2: Big Twelve play. Yeah. And and I wonder if he's even a hundred percent yet. You know, he he's playing well, and I I am not saying it from that perspective, but he he might have some more in the tank still was, that he's still working yeah, on Yeah,
1: there was one like rebound or one I think it was a defensive rebound where he kind of Pulled up just a little bit, and you're like, oh man, Oh, but, he came
2: limping off. Yeah, yep.
1: yeah. Ooh, I was glad to see him start running
2: normal after yeah. about five steps. And I'm
1: sure these guys are going to tell you, well, they're all beat up to a degree. Uh, they all have some knick neck kind of injuries or bruises or you know tired or soreness that they're dealing with. I mean, he hasn't clearly hasn't played as many games as some of the other fellows, but you know, still, when you're trying to battle it back, uh, can make it uh, it can make it challenging for you. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what uh, we'll, we'll see what happens when they take on TCU Saturday at eleven. And of course, TCU coming off of a loss to KU. Okay, so I saw this article last night on uh, the Pac-12, and it, you know it's it's a continuing story for them of trying to get a TV deal done. But now, uh, apparently, Apple is um, you know making a, a a play for them, and um, the the challenge for Apple though is it's still a streamer, and uh, Andrew Marchand from the New York Post has put out a uh, a report on the uh, on the New York Post, basically saying that uh, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klikoff could present Apple as a possibility to schools soon, whether well, the universities would be interested in a potential all streaming deal and whether the teams would end up being good enough to prevent schools from departing to other conferences has yet to be determined. Okay. So <clears throat> it would be a deal that's similar to the deal that the company signed with the MLS major league soccer, uh, where Apple gets the global rights to include, to stream all the league's games with an all inclusive package. So it's, you know, pay to watch. Um, you know, Marshan also goes on to say that it's a um, a bit of a wild card for him. Um, and, um, you know, it, it just it. I just don't see how this is going to work to be able to keep the, the conference together. Um, but apparently Fox is not going to p- partner with the Pac-12 unless it's for pennies on the dollar. Um, uh, there was one deal to be had and the Big 12 got it. And things are not looking great right now for the Pac-12 from a, you know, linear TV over the air standpoint, um, and so that's part of why they're struggling to get it done. And they and they're, um, you know, their deal ends uh, a year from now. Um, and for Amazon, if they were going to be a partner, it wouldn't be like the massive amount of money that they gave for Thursday Night Football. The thing that could be uh, a key, though, for uh, uh the Pac twelve is they'd be able to put the games on when they wanted to because this ESPN plus deal with the Big Twelve, like it or not, the school that's hosting gets to determine the time and it's not determined by television if it's on ESPN plus. Hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> the basketball games, baseball games, football games that are on ESPN plus, the time for first pitch or tip or kick is determined by the home school. Um because on the ESPN Plus, they don't, have to, they don't have to secure television time. Yeah, because they're, they're, yeah.
2: they're streaming multiple games at yeah, the same time. Yeah, streaming
1: multiple games at the same time, so it doesn't really matter. Okay. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker for the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the ACC. The SEC and the Big 10, with the deals that they have done, could generate $30 million dollars. More per team than what those other schools are getting, thirty million dollars. So <laughs> when you when you look at this, it, you're going to go. On one end, you know everybody wants to you know be competitive. Uh, everybody wants to be you know in the in the mainstream in terms of getting to the college football playoff or getting to the final four or whatever, but. When you when you kind of think about it and hear that number of thirty million dollars more a team, that's uh, that's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and in terms of everything that those schools and the Big Ten and the SEC, now just because you have the money doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to work out for you. But you know the, the the Big Twelve is now considered to be upper middle class, um, and so they're at least safe with their deal with ESPN and Fox compared to the Pac-12. I still think the Pac-12 is going to get swallowed up by some teams um from whether it's a couple of schools going to the Big 10 or you know two or four coming to the Big 12 um and and then then the Pac-12 just becomes even more of a becomes like the WAC or becomes like the all, the American Conference or something like that. So
2: yeah, I'm right there with you. I I don't see this ending well for the Pac-12. I think once you lost USC and UCLA and you're you're trying to replace that market and those caliber of teams in all the respective sports that they play with possible a, a San Diego or an SMU, you're you're not even getting close to, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to regenerate the money that you've lost. And then now you're scrambling for a TV deal. And now you just like to have what you've had. Now you, you wish you would have done something sooner and it's always, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but you're looking at, you know, in, in, in the article that that you have, and I've kind of glanced over it. I don't know if they'll, they'll go with Apple, but right now they're having to look at all their, what, what's going to be best. But at the end of the day, if, if you're not on a, on a, cable television and you're you're relying on streaming i think you're gonna have a hard time uh
1: this since all these rumors started i've never once thought any pack t- team would come to the big 12 they see us as inferior regardless of how much less money they might make yeah well arizona and arizona state may have to just kind of go back there and kind of rethink things because they may not even be close to where they are right now in 2025 and it's that you know kind of musical chairs you don't want to be left standing up so, anyway. Uh, somebody says this of the Yates Flooring Center chat line and then added his Twitter feed. Uh, Dawes said the other day he's not close to 100%. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll buy some what you're selling there. Uh, this, uh, Tech Basketball could end up seventh, even sixth place, as long as we do better than Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and TCU. And our final games really need to win out, even in Lawrence. This team, the way they're playing, it is doable. That from the eighth Flooring Center chat line.
0: This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. Uh, Jamie's uh, back tomorrow from his uh, mini uh, middle of the
1: week uh, respite, and uh, Matt is here for him. So uh, what's your uh, question for us?
2: Well, it's not XFO related. So we'll, that's we'll, good. We'll save us from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with college football and the NFL, both considering having, having some rule changes, they will made rule changes, you know, coming into this year. So the question is what changes or alterations in college basketball would you like to see? Mm. Well, and this is something we discussed just a little
1: bit the other day. I'd like to see, and it would be a dramatic change I'd like to see college basketball go to quarters. So, like, like the women have right now, like, college, the have, like, like the women have, like, like the NBA, like everything else. Uh, college basketball is uh, even high school hoops is the only one that's not at quarters. I, I would like to. I'd like to see them just kind of experiment with that, and maybe in a non conference, couple of games just to see what that would look like if it's. Uh, Or is it one of those things where you don't want to mess with it because it's gone so well for you, Jeff?
3: Yeah, that's the first thing I would change about college basketball is the is going to quarters. You drop the one the the one and one and just go straight to shooting two one fouls. Um, And what that would you take away one of the timeouts, but they get one because they get the end of the quarter as opposed to just the end of the half. It speeds up the game. It eliminates some of the free throw shooting contests you get in close games at the end because sure. you don't – you you've been playing more. You're not in that much of a foul trouble because your uh, individual fouls reset each quarter. I think that would speed – up I don't want to say speed up the game, but it would improve the momentum of the game, I guess, is the way to describe it. Like, yeah. I don't think the college basketball game is too long, but I think it would get rid of some of the dead time in the college game, if that makes sense.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and – you know I, I i do remember vaguely um talking about it on the show and in at that at that time that I, I really didn't have a solid answer in terms of the quarters now i do think quarters would be a good transition for me i would i would like to see the i think i'd like to see the three point line moved back to the nba size and the paint expanded to the nba size and just I, I guess as you you see, you know that's that's the transition typically is you know these college athletes they have push it out over the years to go to pros and, and mm-hmm. you know the NBA three point line is you know according to this is twenty three feet nine inches as opposed to NCA is twenty two feet and one and three quarters so it's it's not a far off but I, I think as the game is different much different now than what it was in the past where most of these kids in high school they're they're throwing threes up. <laughs> Left and right, and that's that's how they come into the game. So, I, I think I'd like to see the, the the line stepped back to the NBA size on college. But the quarters is definitely probably a pretty pretty solid um, answer in terms of what could be changed.
1: Uh, this uh, somebody says, nah, keep the halves. I like the exclusiveness of it. Uh, you they based- mentioned
3: the exclusive college men's basketball is the only place where it's halves. Right. The only place. Intermediate school you play quarters. High school you play quarters. Right. Pros you play quarters.
1: So you're agreeing with this person
3: that the I'm agreeing that it's exclusive. Yeah, right. I also think that if everybody else is doing it the other way,
1: maybe they're doing something right. Sure. No, there's there's something sure. we say. Uh you basically have quarters with media timeouts under 16, under 12, under 8, under 4. No, but the fouls don't reset. And they that's why
3: I want the quarters. It not just to split it up. But because the fouls reset and you're not constantly shooting free throws,
1: would you go to five like the women in a quarter? Yes. Okay. And then would you give them two, or would you do a one and one? No, you give them the, You take the the one and one goes away.
2: It goes away, and you just go to two. You just go to two. Yeah.
1: I don't know. There's a part of me that would lo- that likes the one and one because if you have a bad free throw shooter and you put him at the line, he misses the front end. You can get. You're allowed to get the rebound. I mean, we saw in the game last night I think a guy missed a front end of one-on-one Oklahoma got a rebound got the got the the shot in the paint and was fouled and so well <laughs> it all went right for him in that the guy misses the free throw Tech doesn't get the rebound they get the rebound they get the put back they get the foul
2: yeah that's, that's another one right there a, a user put in it's six fouls so going from five to six
1: uh let's see here and this is a good point uh the men's college game is far more popular than the nba or the women's college game why in the world would you change something that is so successful is it i think it is more popular than the nba although if you get to those bigger cities it's not i just don't know if globally like
2: united states globally well, that would just be nationally. Nationally, yeah, right. I think that's too hard of a comparison when you have a thirty, you know, a limited teams in the NBA as opposed to a you know
3: three hundred all and the Division basketball. One teams.
2: And then, as yeah. you just said, I mean, nationally, I mean, I, I know the NBA is not terribly too big here, but nationally, the NBA is is pretty massive. So, I think Man, quarters that's, would that's be unique. That's
3: hard. That's, I think they're more comparable than we would want them to be, i guess is the way to put it, the nba should be bigger than it is. There, but it's not the game itself that is hindering why it's not. it's the off the field uh, off the court stuff, it's the sure. the behind the scenes stuff. it's the
1: But I also think the game has changed so much in the nba, it's just not it's just not very enjoyable to watch. I mean, i i can sit down and watch a random college basketball game pretty easily. I think I would watch Luka play basketball wherever he wanted to play
3: basketball. The, there are players that are enjoyable to watch in the NBA.
1: There's just so many of them. Would you that, consider yourself a casual NBA fan? No.
3: But I appreciate athletes that are really good at what they do in any sport. And the NBA does bring that. The problem is, is that there's so many things about the NBA personalities and players that you don't like. That it makes me want to turn it off. I, I, I don't even. I don't. I never want to see Kevin Durant ever. Like even if he's playing against the Mavericks and Luca, who I would watch without hesitation.
1: Yeah, you know, you know if, if you um, because they're in the bigger cities, that the eyeballs are going to be more on the NBA than it's going to be on um, college basketball, and I would almost wonder without without. You know diving into the weeds too much you know and and jamie's talked about this on the east coast how college football is basically nothing uh it's more of a midwest and south thing than it is uh a national thing um and i, I would consider texas in the south um but the nfl numbers dominate everybody you're laughing at me
3: well yeah when you factor in florida and hawaii is the only two states that are even close to being further south than texas and i don't think florida is i think the bottom of texas is just a little bit further south than florida i could be wrong on that yeah but yeah texas is definitely in the south <laughs>
1: uh this uh from the eighth morning center chat line the nba is a glorified version of street ball okay um the nba game is just a three-point contest now okay it's all about swinging the ball and shooting deep it's boring Uh, Garrett not our
3: college basketball see a lot of that there too
1: yeah a lot of that there too yeah and I don't know if you push the three-point line back (laughs) if that brings the mid-range jumper more into it or if even anybody cares about that anymore I may be the only one that cares (laughs) about that
3: I don't know that you're the only one but you're a dying breed
1: right no I I get it I mean I picked up my newspaper off of uh, the yard this morning uh I put stamps in my my checkbook this morning uh, I know where my checkbook is, so yeah, I'm I'm the last of the Mohicans on,
2: on that mid range jumper, and and I'm I'm just I'm I'm asking do you do you think that's a coaching thing in today's basketball that analytics say hey if you're going to shoot shoot the three if you're going to get a two drive to the paint yeah I think
1: that's exactly what it says it's an analytic thing yeah 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 I think that's exactly what it is and I think you know you see the energy that the three takes um, you know puts into the it puts into the game. Uh, same thing in the women's game but i think you know pounding the paint getting the dunk getting the big you know running right at the lane those lane runners man uh the 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 mid-range from the wing is uh, some people would say it's boring or even the or even the baseline the baseline shot which has pretty much gone away you don't hardly ever see that at all and that used to be a staple 740 boom 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 is next
0: The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
1: With Matt Estensen, who's in for Jamie Lynn and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We uh, have kind of run the gamut this morning, but that's good. A variety of topics. We'll uh, continue to talk uh, some Texas Tech basketball. Just some thoughts here from the Yates Flooring Center chat line as we were talking about running backs and Zeke and Tony Pollard and, you know, the... The uh, franchise tag is that's it's it's that season now for the NFL. It used to be uh, that if you franchise tag somebody, it was a compliment to them. Now it's more of a hindrance to them. Um, Yeah, the money is good, uh, but uh, basically it uh, it keeps them from negotiating with others or uh, puts a cap on them or it keeps them to a one year deal. But it used to be it was like oh that's you know the franchise tag somebody is like oh okay that's that's good you got him locked up but now it's more of a it's more of a contentious I think uh, thing between the player and the and the club in in some cases. Um, this from the 8th Warren Center chat line Matt problem with Zeke is he's a great number two back and thirty one other teams would love to have him in that role but when you're at the highest paid back the expectations are different yes. Yep. Uh, this with regard to the uh, Clyde Edwards-Solaire pick by the Chiefs. The texture says this. My point was the Chiefs wasted a first-round pick on a running back and in hindsight drafted Hilaire over T. Higgins, Jonathan Taylor, or Michael Pittman is as big of a mistake as extending Zeke, who was a top three to five back in the league at the time. Um, I, I, I disagree with that because Clyde Edwards-Solaire helped you win a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, help you in that season – when you hadn't won a Super Bowl in 50 years. So for me, as a Chiefs fan that goes back to the 60s, whatever they needed to do to get off the schneid, because they'd had so many playoff losses for so many variety of reasons, um, that if, if you only got one year out of Clyde edwards helaire that was a good year, and his rookie year was good, and it helped you win a, a Super Bowl then then I'm then I'm all in. I think cowboy fans would be in the same boat. Hey, if you were to take a player today in the draft that's going to help you and be a contributing player to win a Super Bowl, but then you're going to look at this two or three years later and go, well, it was a mistake to take that guy over what turned out to be these two or three guys, but you won a Super Bowl. I think everybody'd say I'm in.
2: Yeah, and the you know T. Higgins and Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman do not. They didn't get their finger sized for a Super Bowl ring. Did not. So did not. Uh, are the Cowboys your team, or do you have another team? I am a Patriots fan. Oh, that's I'm right. Sure, you told that, me that will go over well. But I just appreciate the game a lot. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan, and I'm I'm a true New England Patriots fan. I didn't, you know, transition to the Bucks when when Brady left and all of that. I I know there's some years coming, but what I was gonna. Say Take that back. The, he did not win the Super Bowl for the Chiefs
1: and in, in, in Super Bowl. He was drafted. He was a college football. He was so I, I was wrong about that. But anyway, he helped you get to a Super Bowl. But anyway, the that you lost
2: to the Bucks. So anyway, I was I was wrong about that. Yeah, and and the, I guess what's what's unique right about about the NFL is there's so many ways to to win. As somebody put in the the chat line, you know, the Chiefs and Patriots have replaced multiple skilled position players, you know, and, and in fact, the, the Chiefs allowed their best receiver, yards-wise, Tyreek, to, to go. They they said, hell, we're, we're good, and, and obviously it proved to be the right decision. On the flip side of that, you saw the Rams invest into every star player they could to get that one ring, right? and then now you see the backside of that is that they, you know, obviously injuries with Stafford and Baker came in and played and all that, but they're, they're reeling from that they they sold the farm to get that one ring mm-hmm. so and as opposed to the chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and how they're they're building with you know the players and the running backs and the receivers and not wanting to pay an arm and a leg i think you're seeing longevity versus the the one hit wonder
1: yeah you know and, and um you, you kind of look at too at uh just i mean just the decisions that they continue to make. The Cowboys just feel like that they are just keep going down and going down the wrong road. And the Chiefs still have they have salary cap room because they've just done a great job of structuring contracts, including Mahomes's, to the point where they're they're not just way over the cap or they're going to have to gut their team. Uh, and they're 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 built to to win them for a long time. Yeah. Uh, this agree with the premise not to waste high salary on running back, but two counter arguments: Chiefs could succeed with Pacheco because they have. Uh, Mahomes and two, Christian McCaffrey.
2: Yeah, you know. well, I agree that having Mahomes definitely helps you, but at the same time, you don't you don't overpay a certain position because you don't have a, a quarterback in my eyes. You have a different problem. You don't have a you don't have a quarterback. It's not that hey we don't have one, so let's pay a high prize running back, you know, kind of thing. So I agree with what they're saying, but you, you still don't. In my eyes, you still don't go out and overpay for a running back.
1: This it's amazing how Zeke's money clouds people's view. He has 80 touchdowns in seven years. Well, here's my thing about Zeke is it uh, it it seems like every time you need a big game from him, you don't get it. It seems like when you need big yards from him, or he's on this deal where, uh, oh, it's a money year for me, so I need to be in shape. I'll be quote in the best shape of my life. Yeah, it just it just feels like that there has been t- times when you really needed him and he wasn't there. Uh, somebody wants to know what happened to Ed Edward Soler. Well, he got a knee injury. Um, he could have been activated for the Super Bowl, but they chose not to. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: again. And ADTDs in seven years is, is amazing, but unfortunately in the world of sports, it's what can you do for me this upcoming year. It's, it's never what have you done for me because then, you know, it's... You're, you're paying people for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Uh, a little man helping man. If you're on the south loop, eastbound uh, heading
1: towards uh, Slide, um, you may want to consider an alternate route. Uh, eastbound between uh, Quaker and Slide, traffic is backed up. Okay? that from uh, our friend Racer26. So thank you, Racer26. Thank you. Did you cause that accident? <laughs> Racer26. Uh, this, Kansas City and New England in their prime, Continually replaced players and continued to perform at a high level. Yeah, I mean, case in point, basically two of the main players left from Super Bowl Fifty Four were on the offense, were Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they did an awful lot of changes with their offensive line and some of their receiving group and stuff like that. Um.
2: Hence the reason Dalton Schultz should get that pay. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think that Dalton Schultz should get that get that pay. Get that pay. Right. Uh, let's see here. From the Yates Flooring Center channel. And also, Mahomes is the top two, five paid quarterbacks He's the to win, first top five. Pay. First top five paid quarterback to win the Super Bowl.
2: Look how many TDs Zeke had this year. Yeah but he still took a, a, a team friendly deal he did. in that 10 year deal. I mean, he 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 could have asked for the house and as to Chucks what Chuck said is they could have depleted the team to mm-hmm. keep but he didn't. He took a team friendly deal which at the time some people might have said, "Hey, that's not team friendly," but as as the salary cap increases, you know, that that's team friendly.
1: No doubt. Um
2: uh, Broccoli
1: Rob thinks that we should change upon further review to hindsight.
0: Mm. There you go.
1: Hindsight, I think is what I said.
0: This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of double T ninety seven three podcasts at double T ninety